Welcome, everybody, to episode 41 of You Meet in a Tavern. Glad to be back. Someone give me the recap. Jamal, you gave the recap last time because you were bragging about listening to it right before. Yes. So, Kirk, why don't you give us the recap? What went down? What did go down? Um, so, we... Uh, Pocket portaled from the chaos that was the Eretissi Trekkis finals after we picked up that fat dub. Uh, we jumped through the portal, ended up kind of getting warped outside of uh, the Wizard's Tower. Um, and then we all kind of bolted for different sections of the tower. I ended up in the bar where uh, Dozer and Ricketts were under the gun, and I tried to save both. Failed. Only saved Dozer. Ricketts did. And then Tins was in the study hall of knowledge, I think, right? With the tr- <laughs> yep, yep. with the tree. And then uh, Tins saved both, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Spells. Uh, spells and healing. Uh, Abby, probably more formidable fighter than an 80-year-old bartender um, that doesn't know magic, even though he works in a wizard's tower. And then <laughs> uh, Carl went to the top and... Um, Saved, uh, saved his, uh, his damsel in distress, if you will. And then, uh, the archmage, uh, sepukud himself with, uh, uh, um, <laughs> God, I was gonna say, I was gonna say the, the Dragon Ball Z, like, like, explosion, like, kill yourself explosion thing. What the fuck <laughs> is that? Well, somebody in the, somebody in the chat will know and then obviously bury me for, for that description. <laughs> but, uh, he, he, uh, killed himself and. Destructo disc? No, it's no, not that's true. No. Oh well, uh, Tans, are you that, googling it? I'm think. I'm trying to think. Didn't hit Chaosu did it right? Yes. Hang on, I don't know how to spell Chaosu. <laughs> uh, it's C H A Z O U, I think. Nope, C H I A O T Z U. Wow, way off. Chaozu. Yeah. So, so what's the name of the attack now that you're looking it up? I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. This Let's is important see. to the description of the episode. Getting to his death. Living bomb. Okay, cool. Living bombed. That's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he chiaotsus himself with a living bomb and saves um, Carl because he was going to die, obviously, because he's the weakest party member. And um, now, yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah, no, that that pretty much nailed it. Um, right after the archmage kind of living bombed himself, uh, these these beasts were fleeing, and some just kind of like disapparated into mud as they are consumed by this white light that just surrounds the tower and exploded out over the lake. Um, and the last thing you heard was your uh, the last thing Carl and Tess you heard. Uh, was the your companions running up the stairs, and that's where Durf and Tug come in. And right now, the scene in the um, Archmage's quarters is quiet, except for Tess, who just let out this huge scream and just instinctively grabs this white staff of of the Archmage. And as she grabs it and it shakes in her hands, you can see that her robes begin to change, and the power that that transfers from the staff to to the end of her dark blue robe starts to turn the robe white almost like uh like fire to old paper and it is just starting to creep up her arms and she's panicking she's fearful she doesn't know what's happening she's going no 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 and it's consuming her going across her chest down her legs and after a few minutes after a few seconds she stands before you carl um, in this, in these quarters, full on in in white robes, and that's when Tug and Durf, you all meet in the staircase and find yourself up in this scene. Now I'll remind you, you guys listened to the episode, but your characters have no idea what happened here, and all you see here is Carl uh, facing Tess, who is now in all white robes, holding the Archmage's staff. Um, but most importantly, where's the Where's the like memory puddle thing from Harry Potter that we put all the trinkets in? Is that ah, very good? Yes, that is that is shattered across the floor. Um, the water from the pool of remembrance you can see is in big 
pools just against the marble floor. But the 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 two hands, the stone hands that were holding it up is just in, in pieces spewing across the floor. But like I said, you guys rush up. Uh, your mounts are behind you. Alexa, Abby, Dozer, the whole group. You guys rush up the stairs and you see before you Carl and Tess. Oh, uh, what's happening? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is an uh, that is a tug question to the two people as they run up the steps. He's gone. He sacrificed himself to save us. Where have you two been? Um, saving, saving these folks here, Abby. Alexa, you might Tess, remember them. Tess just runs forward uh, in between Carl and you, and she's holding the staff. And she says, what's what's happening? What What's with the rest of the tower? I've been up here since the attack. Uh, yeah, like tons of people are dead. The building's ruined. Uh, there's like no. four of us left. I saved 100% of the people. Ricketts uh, skated. He left. He was like, no, I'm out. I can't handle this. So I would have saved him if that was an option, but it wasn't. So I didn't. Just Dozer. Um, and then Tins saved Tins. Shit. <laughs> uh, I don't know who Tins is, but I meant Durf. Uh, he saved two people, the little girl and Abby, I think. Uh, and then we're here with you where you guys needed somebody to sacrifice themselves to save you both. So and how do we get the trinkets, by the way? The thing she exploded. looks around. Yeah. Yeah. She looks around. She sees, she sees the, uh, the two hands just shattered across the floor. And she says, no, no, they destroyed it. I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. The, the the totems they were they were inside it i have to say giving all of the knowledge to one mortal individual was probably a mistake let this the let why, the record show that tug was opposed putting these in the in the thing to begin with redundancies are good <laughs> i I'm guess with, we're fucked i'm with Durf on this one let the record show that tug was opposed to putting the stuff in the thing. Carl, That's give me a perception true. I was check. there for that. <laughs> 14. 14. Um, okay, you you are looking around because everybody's now looking at this, this shattered um, pool. And you see the waters that came out of this pool, remembrance are still shimmering with that same kind of ghostly, silvery um, vibrance. Uh, I will walk over there and kind of uh, take a knee and try and reach through the into the pour into the water i guess you reach through the water almost through the floor it seems like and you can feel the totems inside well uh pull it out before that shit evaporates right all right just scoop it into a cup (laughs) that's that's actually a pretty strong strong decision carry it around with us Tess, you got any buckets i will start pulling out the totems one by one uh just kind of keeping them Okay. Shotgun all necklace. All for myself. Shotgun yeah. necklace. I said all for myself. Yeah, why you got to be like that? Calm down, Ripkits. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> That's <laughs> awful. <laughs> Rip Kits. Uh. We, don't, we don't know if he's dead. He, uh, <laughs> he escaped, uh, so okay. he very well could be <laughs> from, saved. From life. <laughs> well. Um, well. So, Tess, as you asked the question about the bucket, Tess looks at you, Durf. And she says, I, I don't have a bucket up here, but I'm, I'm sure Nero and Hamlet have them. Have you seen them? Are they okay? Whoops. Yikes. Have you yeah. seen them? <laughs> well, no. like in my life. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, recently. <laughs> hey, hey uh, Dozer, can you go, uh, can you go take a, take a gander and see if, uh, if Harriet and who's or what's it's are still alive? Yeah, Nero, so you Nero look at Dozer. Tug, as you turn to look at Dozer, he is kind of backed away from the group a little bit. And he is um, shaking his head and he's on his knees and he is covering his face and you could just hear under his breath and he says, no, no, no. This is, this is all my fault. Uh, Elaborate. Yeah, I'm going to go with Durf on this one. You're going to have to say a little bit more there, Chief. The 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 Dread King, he 
He must have followed me here. I was I was one of those with these creatures that we fought and it's like a hive mind we can we can see through each other's eyes and he must have he must have still been able to to see where I was and and follow me here to this place. He he knew he knew the power of of the tower and the magic that resided in here somehow. This is all my fault. Well, we brought you here. In fact, let me take that back. We didn't even bring you here. Some nameless NPC wizards brought you here, okay? So, I'm, I, they probably had names. Sorry, Tess. Your friends are all dead. Um, <laughs> so, it's not, it's not you. It's not your fault. It's those guys' fault. Uh, Tug, Tug, like, walks over to Dozer. If he's kneeling down and he's a human, I'm assuming we're about the same height. So, I put my arm around him and, uh... <clears throat> So, yeah, question for you. And I'm certainly not the smartest in the group, but I'm going to throw this out there anyways because I don't know how this brain science works. If they can see where you are, can you see back where they are? Is it a two-way thing? Like, can can you yeah. redeem yourself by telling us where we need to go? And he he puts his hand on your shoulder and he says... Not anymore, but but I remember now. It's taken me a while, but I remember what I saw. And Tess, Tess approaches too, and now you guys are all huddled up, and, and she's like, what? What did you see? What did you see, Dozer? We need to know this. And Dozer says, the, the Dread King has risen, and everywhere his dread spreads is an extension of himself, like, like the roots of a tree. The more souls he's transforming, the more his roots spread. The stronger he gets. Once enough of Euphoros is taken, he's going to be able to move freely from the temple and expand even further to places outside of Euphoros. He's being controlled by, by that wizard, Felix. But I fear that it is almost time. He, he is almost strong enough. How how close is almost? Because <laughs> we still have three things to get before. I mean, we I, got I don't, a shot I don't know here. a number. I don't know how many more souls he needs to take. But I know the dread is spreading, and with every passing day, every passing hour, he his strength is growing. It's it's it can't be far. It wasn't far when I was when I was one of those creatures, and and that's been a while since then. All right, well, I got a plan. Huddle up. This is going to be terrible. So, he is harvesting souls. Durf. Eh? Carl. Tess. Use your magic. Turn everyone's hair red. That way, (laughs) he'll leave them alone. And that'll buy us tons of time until he figures out our ruse. Oh, Lord. So we've lost our British listeners. We've lost our red-headed listeners. <laughs> uh, Doing great. That's good, get good stuff. Get it? Tess, yeah, Tess get it. looks at you, Tug. And like, everyone's silent. There's crickets. And, T- and Tess says, we, we need to stop this. We might not be the only ones left. We need to search the tower for survivors. We we can't be the only ones that survive this. There are there are hiding spaces. There are these wizards were powerful. They learned much from the archmage. There, we can't be the only ones. So what's the what what's the move, Tess? Yeah. So like, can't like you all search them and then you can send us where like to go get the next thing. Like I feel like if time is of the essence and we're the three people that can actually handle them, like maybe we shouldn't be on the search and rescue. Maybe we should be on the like recon discovery squad. Right? No. Um, <laughs> right? And you guys are pissing uh, on my red-haired idea? Okay. Cool. <laughs> she uh, she says, um, you see, there's a problem there, Tug. Look around you. And you look around, you see the walls that were normally full with these portals to different levels of the tower. And they're completely shut down. There's just plain stone walls behind them. And she says, we've lost power to the tower. There's some magical force that was controlling the portals. It's it's not there anymore. And that this takes time to rebuild. There's ritual magic involved. And if we don't have the people 
in order to do that, you can't go anywhere. How far away are they? <laughs> are who? These people. Who knows? Let's. We need to split up and search the tower. All right. All right. Durf splits up and searches the tower. Uh, I take Dozer with me. Tug takes oh, wait. Dozer with me. You know what Durf does? Durf's going to drop a healing spirit in this room. I don't know how everybody <laughs> else is feeling, but I'm having a pretty rough go of it. Uh, same. Uh, so just, just plopping that in the middle of the room. Everybody can just stand in it for a second. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a th- th- level three spell slot. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, oh, I'm going to catch a case Hell of the heels for yeah. sure. Hell yeah, level two spell slot. I got a shit ton of them. Tess says, good idea. <laughs> As you throw this down, good idea. We need we need our rest. We need our strength. There might be more of them more of them down there somewhere in the tower that we might have to take care of. Oh, I wasn't even thinking about that. Oh, in that case, I don't want Dozer. I want Abby. <laughs> so you post up in this healing spirit for how long? How long does it take? I don't dirt? know. It, it, every six seconds, it... Well, every turn, it heals you for like 1d8 or 2d8. All right, let's just say you guys so, hang out there for yeah, about a minute. a minute. Yeah, I could hang out there for 15 seconds and be good. All right, everybody's back to full health after a minute of this healing spirit. You tend to Abby's wounds, Durf. Uh, Dozer kind of regains his confidence after that speech you gave him and and how it's not his fault. Um, he still feels a little to blame, but you guys have, have just a moment to catch a breath before you split up uh, in the tower. And, and Tess takes... Well, so who who are you taking? And I guess, I assume you three are going to go together. I thought you, she was saying when you split up, she just meant from her. Just like the group, yeah. Okay. So, Durf, you take Abby the girl, because we, we're trying to make three groups, right? I think we just need to split into two groups. Us three can go off on our own, right? Tess is the new Archmage, clearly, right? Uh, yeah. So we leave Alexa, yeah, we leave yeah. Alexa and Abby <laughs> and Dozer with Tess. We leave Vern with Tess. Us three, Boomsday, and Rosacea or whatever, go <laughs> go down and... <laughs> And and look for people. That way, we have our mounts. We have Boomsday and Rosacea or whatever to carry up injured people to the healing totem. Dope. That's why. Perfect. That's why Carl uh, is the pseudo leader. Not <laughs> the in, smartest. Not in spirit or fortitude or <laughs> look. Just leave it as leave it as pseudo leader. That's an improvement. I'll take it. <laughs> All right, let's roll. All right, yeah. so you three take your mounts and you guys go down. Uh, Tess directs you to go. Well, I got. Where do you want to go? I guess Tess goes. We should go straight down. Look for um, Heinrich. And Heinrich and Nero first. Nero. All right. All right. You guys go to the fishery. Um, you see. Tess and the others of the group kind of race down to the lobby area to go further to the to the base of the tower. Um, and you guys walk into the fishery and it is just in complete destruction. These these walls that once held these trinkets and glasses and strange objects that you hadn't seen before are just stripped bare. The things shatter on the floor. Uh, you have to climb and step your way around big objects to get to where you once found um, Nero, you see people that worked in the fishery are just slumped over, um, gr- just a gruesome scene. And as you approach Nero's desk, you hear a voice and you look up at the ceiling to see Nero and Hamlet just kind of bobbing there, bouncing upwards against the ceiling. And Nero turns to you uh, as he's speaking, and he says, Voice! Oh, voice! Thank goodness you're here! What the hell happened? Yeah, wacky shit, Wait, so shit, they're, like, dude. suspended in the air? They're, like, bouncing up to the ceiling. It looks like they're, they're like, floating upwards, and they just keep hitting the ceiling. So it's like they're like uh, Grandpa and Charlie from Willy Wonka. I was and just Factory. about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's exactly correct, guys. Perfect. I've seen this before. You need to start burping and farting <laughs> to get back down here. Why are you guys up there? Well, to not die, clearly, dude. Like, come on. Yeah, but like, yeah. 
Okay. Halo looks to you and and he says, "Oh, guys, guys, I, I, we, when when the attacks started coming, when we felt the walls shake and the, and those creatures coming in, we we used we used our new invention that we created, right, Nero?" And Nero says, ah, "That's the the floatinator. The we dropped the remote and we can't get down." And then uh, you wait, see wait, 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 wait. So you guys, I know one of you can literally make grenades. Everybody's under attack, and you guys float to the ceiling and watch everyone <laughs> fucking die. Also, how do you not know what's going on? I mean, you were there. It's a split second decision. I don't, <laughs> I don't like the rules. How high is the ceiling? It's like 15, 20 feet. Yeah, that's going to be a yikes from me, dog. You can't be, <laughs> you cannot do that. I, I know, listen, I. I know we were attacked. I know these creatures came in and they started destroying everything. But, but, and Hamlet chimes in. He says, "But we don't, we don't know where they came from or, or what they are." I tell you one thing: they can't look up. That's what I just learned. That's what no, Dirk, no, no, Dirk no. just learned. <laughs> they, looked, they can't oh, look up. They looked up. They were jumping. They were leaping up at us. But the floatinator saved us. We were just a few feet away. Uh, so Tug's <laughs> gonna look around for the remote or whatever. Okay, give me a uh, investigation check. Twenty. Jam. Okay, Natural. yeah, you find it. It is uh, a couple feet away from you to the right, under a big old um, deflated blow-up doll. Uh, Tug scampers <laughs> over and picks it up. Okay. Now, good, 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 Tug. Thanks. Now, now push, push the blue button. And this thing is like a. Uh, it almost looks like a bar of dial soap. It's like smooth ovular in shape and it's just got one giant blue button cool so tug holds it and uh looks at them so all right let's get something sorted first off number one it's war now guys like you gotta fight you can't be the guy that like sets up the rest of the platoon to get killed because you're too afraid to do something all right you got to say awesome shit and run in first from now on, because obviously you're too chicken shit to do that first time around. That's one. Two, we want access to all the dope shit at no cost. It is war. <laughs> we're the only three people left that can save your asses outside of this moment right now, which still is on us. So we want full access to everything and the transmogrifier to change whatever we want. That's two. Three. Durf, you look like you need to say something. Lay in number three. Did did you say it was beneath a deflated blow-up doll? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> three. <laughs> Explain that shit. <laughs> and Durf points to the deflated blow-up doll. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh... And answer those in reverse order. <laughs> yeah. uh, blow-up okay. doll is now number one. I don't remember any of them except the last one, but three, no one was supposed to find that. <laughs> two, what was number two? All the shit you for free. You have to give us access to everything in the store for and free. Nero chimes <sighs> in, he says, Tug, look around you, there's nothing left. And you see the synthesizer behind the desk is now just like crumbled and and torn apart. It doesn't look like anything in here is salvageable, salvageable but he says... But we did, we've been working on something since you last left, and it's locked away in a box that may have just survived. Well, if I you let us down, we'll show you the box. Cool. Uh, well, if what's inside is fucking courage, you guys can keep that. <laughs> Number one, uh, which is, are you guys <laughs> right. actually going to step up and do something, or are you going to float to the heavens every time something goes off? What, what's the call here, boys? They look at each other, and there's just a bunch of mumbles and like, well, well, uh, see, what happened was, and what we could, uh, well, you know, what are we going to do? And then they're just like talking amongst themselves, arguing, and Hamlet, you hear out of this Hamlet say, we were going to come down, we just dropped the remote. Convenient. Uh, Tug walks over to Durf. And doesn't hand him the remote, but kind of like whispers at him to look at it, just to know that if he punches the button, will they careen to the ground dangerously? Because uh, Tug wants that to happen. And I'm going to Durf because I assume he knows shit about magic because he uses it. 
I'll do an arcana check. As you guys are arguing about this and Tut, you guys are holding the remote out and just talking amongst yourselves. Carl, you see Jeeves, the uh, flying owl, come flapping in from the back room. And he lands on top of the remote, unbeknownst to uh, Carl and Durf, and just says, sup. And with one talon, pushes the button. And Nero and Hamlet fall to the ground with a crash. As they hit the ground, I'm going to, uh, I want to run over to the synthesizer. Okay. All right. Uh, as on my way, I want to grab the blow-up doll. I like where this is going. I'm a fan. Uh, <laughs> I, I put the, the blow-up doll in the synthesizer and just start pressing buttons. <laughs> um, <laughs> all of the power to the synthesizer is shut off. It's sparking Pieces are missing or smashed completely. Do I got a lightning uh, bolt or some shit? It, <laughs> Durf uses his mend cantrip on it. Uh, spam it. Just spam okay. mend. <laughs> just, yeah, he's, he's just, yeah. Fine. Poking if it. you guys are uh, you guys are serious about this, give me a um, survival check. See Let if you know the record show. We didn't put the blow-up doll in the room. <laughs> Right? And you I should know, have known by fault. now that despite it being a red herring, we were going to latch onto it, obviously. So, who's, who's giving check? you the survival check? 20, not natural. God oh, damn shit. It. It's okay. definitely Durf. Yeah, it's not me. <laughs> um, all right, Durf, you're able to mend it just enough to send one last thing through. The blow-up doll! You send the blow-up doll through this this is not what i drew up you send the blow up doll through the synthesizer it churns it makes the same types of noises that you heard before but they're much more high pitched it's louder there's bangs and there's hums and um it spits out a, a ball and nero looks surprised and he goes over and he picks it up and he places it in this cold vat of water and it hisses and he pulls out <laughs> pulls out pulls out of the blow blow nice he pu- classy <laughs> pulls <laughs> out of the water ripkits <laughs> <laughs> ripkits is alive we saved him ripkits mcblimpkins <laughs> mcblumpkins um, make it mcblumpkins mcblumpkins <laughs> He pulls out, what the fuck can we do with a blow-up doll? This podcast is terrible. <laughs> we should get like a construct. No, use it like in Pokemon, like a substitute, right? The little substitute doll? Fuck yes. Fuck yes. That's what it is. Okay. He pulls out a tiny miniature version of the blow-up doll that is completely deflated, but it's got one little string hanging out of its back. And he says, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know. I don't know what this does. And uh, give me an arcana check. It's a rat. Two 15s in a row, so it's going to be like a one this Carl, time. Carl, you can all give me an arcana check. Just kidding. What's my arcana? I got a 19. Plus one. 18. Two. Okay. <laughs> uh, Tug and Carl, you can, um, you can f- just like by looking at it, turning it around in your hands, you notice that the magical properties of this thing and um, this is a substitute. And what this does is if you pull the string during combat as an action, it will become an animated blow-up doll about half your size. And it's animated and will follow whatever enemy is striking you. It'll follow its attacks. And it has 20 HP. Like back at it? No, no, no. It's going to like take the take the brunt of the damage for you. Okay. And it has 20 HP, and when all that HP is gone, it is destroyed forever. I grab it from the synthesizer, throw it in Tug's face, and t- and tell him, this is for the knights for you, because I know they're going to be lonely. <laughs> classic, uh, cool, classic man. Carl. Classic Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Something to keep you warm. Is it clean, by the way? Who cares? <laughs> it Do went through the synthesizer. A... <laughs> it had to at least get a little yeah, yeah, yeah. steam on there. Okay. It's just, it right. sanitizes. Right. It's one of the many features of the synthesizer is sanitation. You meet in a tavern to get syphilis. Before, as 
<laughs> Carl tosses it over. <laughs> Tug like juggles it and like kind of pitches it over to Durf and say, "Roxy, clean." Turf <laughs> <laughs> gives it a gives a little once over. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Um, what color is its hair? Jesus Christ! Can we stop it with the blow up doll? <laughs> <laughs> that was a mistake. I own that mistake. <laughs> no, but seriously, I need to know what it does because I feel like this is something I actually want to use. This in is battle. going to save your okay, life. Okay. Yes. It it becomes a bodyguard. Right. It blows up to half your size, and it is animated, so it will follow you around, and if any attacks come your way, it will automatically take the brunt of the damage up to 20 HP, and once that's gone, it's gone forever. So think of it as you have, if you activate this before you go into battle, you have 20 temporary hit points. Can I heal it? I'll mend it. You cannot mend it. It is unmendable, unhealable. That is it. (laughs) Wow, way to nerf nerf whatever you want. Blow up doll substitute. (laughs) All right. Uh, Hamlet runs, uh, rushes to behind the desk, and he's fiddling around. He's messing with things. Things are coming off the shelves, and he goes, Aha! Nero, I found it! And he reaches and picks up and heaves over the desk this thick iron box. And he opens it up, and inside are three objects. And he pulls out this necklace tug. And this necklace contains five large beads that are swirling with magical energy. There are two smaller ones on the outside, two more just inside that, and then one large one in the center. And he hands this to you, Tug, and he says, These this is this is my specialty. These are wizard beads. And what this is, Tug. Is this is a necklace, kind of like uh, if you from your um, Redbubble merch, you're wearing that necklace in your uh, yeah the Akuma beads, your pose, yeah the Akuma beads, and each one of these beads has a different wizard spell in it. Okay, the two smaller ones have two level one spells. The two slightly larger ones have two level two spells, and the large one has one level three spell. And I'm gonna let you choose. Whatever wizard wizard spells you want that filled those beads. Two level ones, two level twos, and one level three. One level three. And Hamlet says, you can pick these beads off. Each of these beads has some kind of magical power. I asked the wizards around around the tower to to speak into these beads a spell and, and with all the components that go into that spell and fill these beads. And by simply plucking them off the necklace and throwing them aside or throwing them at an enemy or an ally, you can you can cast that spell. That is awesome. Tug's got some spells. Now, follow nice. up out of character question. Um, is uh, is it an action to do that or a free action or how do the, how do the beads work? It works just like casting a spell. So it'd be an action or whatever the duration of the spell is or the casting time. I'll say I'll say an action. Okay, cool. I think just for posterity's sake, since I'm not actually casting a spell, I'm just kind of spiking a bead to the ground. I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure how that actually worked out. So yep. cool. That's yep, yep, yep. fucking dope. I'm excited. Okay. Hamlet then reaches in and he pulls out a a plain silver ring and hands it to Durf. And he says, Now Durf, this this is the ring of the finger gun. <laughs> okay. Sounds nice. fucking sweet. <laughs> and uh, he says, point it at an enemy. Don't be finger gunning your friends when you're wearing this ring because you will shoot an actual missile by simply moving your fingers in the finger gun position. Nice. Like a magic missile? Or it's a, like it's a, a single magic missile. Can right. be used as a bonus action. So you can literally do this on every turn as a bonus action. And it will just do a simple 1d4 plus 1 damage. If you ever need a quick magic missile in a pinch. Okay. All right. Thank you, Herschel. Durf does not finger gun Herschel to thank him. <laughs> okay, good. All right, good. And All right, murder and him instantly. Carl and Carl. Finally, Nero reaches into the box, this iron box, and he pulls out this thick looking stick and as he flick it, flicks his wrist um, from both sides of the stick it expands into this long staff that's up to your shoulders 
and he says, Carl. Say so he says, Carl, I made this for you. Now, halfway through the process, I got a little distracted. Some shit happened, and I'm not really sure what it does, but I know it's it's powerful. <laughs> and he hands it over to you, Carl. <laughs> Again, uh, give me an arcana check. Eighteen. Okay, good enough. Uh, Carl, you um, you sense the magic in this? You sense the, that the magic is somehow chaotic, like it's unpredictable. And this staff has three charges permanently, okay. just three charges okay. as it is. It, it acts as a, as a normal bludgeoning weapon staff, but it has three charges. Every charge you use, you are going to roll on the wild magic table, and whatever the result of that roll is, that is what happens around you. Uh, so it's completely random. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, obviously, a weapon so powerful deserves a name. Therefore, this will be the the tricky dicky sticky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and actually, yeah, uh, Nero looks at you and he says, "How did you know? How did you know the power word to activate <laughs> the stick?" <laughs> uh. It's not Arcana check. It's not Arcana check. All right. So every time you use a charge, you have to say right. the name of the staff. Tricky Dicky Sticky. Correct. Tricky Dicky. Okay. Say it three Don't times. Don't do it yet. <laughs> you, have to, you have to say it three times. Beetlejuice style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I need to make, I'll add that note in here. Yeah, you better write that down. Okay. And the, he turns over the uh, box and it's completely empty. And Hamlet says, what? We need to we need to get out of here. Where are the others? What's happening outside there? So, like, did we explore the whole tower, or like, uh, don't we have other things to look at? Yeah. Where's the archmage? Oh, I think he's dead. Yeah, right? the archmage is in her, uh, in her room, in her study. Oh, her- that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah we got a new one. What? Yeah. What? What are you talking about? I'm so confused. Well, We've if you dick whistles weren't floating on the ceiling, fading fights. We've been over this. You could have died or found out for yourself. <sighs> Ezra, Ezra is dead. You guys are the best heroes. <laughs> Ezra is dead. Tess has ascended. It is a new day. What was his name? Ezra. It was very good. Interesting. Nero, let's go. We we need to find the others, and they start heading out. Let's go find the others. All right. You follow him? Yeah. Let's, let's check it out. Oh, cool mounts, by the way. Didn't say anything <laughs> about the giant piece, but uh, yeah, they look good. What about, uh, let's go, let's check out, the, or we're in the food court. No, no, we're in the fishery. No, you're in the fishery. Is there any guys in the food court? You can yeah. go there. Yeah. What's the status right. on the falafel stand? You guys went to out. the yeah. cafeteria. Now, Tug, yeah, Tug went to the brewery, so he knows kind of what went down there, obviously. Um in the food court, you guys search around. You you look under tables, behind counters. You find a uh, you find like a walk-in fridge at um, t- what uh, the Tater Tot Palace. What was it? Timmy's Tater Tots. There was a f- wasn't it? Well, there was also the falafel stand. There was falafels, and then two Tater Tots. Yeah, you find a couple yeah. walk-in fridges, and there's just some nondescript wizards, students, kind of hiding out that were able to close and lock themselves in. They're frigid. Um, but, uh, you do find, you do, you find a handful of survivors. Hey, Durf produces flame. It looks for like a piece of wood. Tug just opens around? the door to the walk-in and lets them out. Well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm trying to warm them up. <laughs> I did a perception check for wood and rolled a 27. Just give them okay. a 27 jacket or <laughs> yeah. some shit. Yeah. Um, you, you bust a, t- a table leg. A bunch of table legs that are sitting there in the cafeteria, and you create a small bonfire and warm them up for a few minutes rather quickly with your produced flame. So there's refrigeration in this uh, (laughs) universe. That's quite advanced technology. And actually, Eugene pops out of your pocket, and he he looks up at you, and he looks around. He's like, free falafel! (laughs) And he rushes out. And he picks up some falafel. He gets a whole handful of it this time. A lot of tater tots. And um, the the people that are warming up have a nice small meal as well. Durf also chows down. All right. 
Uh, don't we have to go to the like floating chair section of the tower? Hey, where- do any, did any of you guys see where um, some like really powerful wizards went and survived that uh, <laughs> thing before I, you went in the freezer? Uh, yeah, like a younger younger male says, "No, we we've been locked in the fridge for the past several hours." Well, let me ask you this. It, uh, where would you hide if you were a powerful wizard with important information? Wait, isn't there like Flynn? Isn't he the chair wizard or something? What the fuck are you talking about? Oh, Flynn, yeah, Flynn, the, Flynn, Flynn the chair the, wizard. Uh, yeah. Flynn was the guy that um, kind of ran the main desk of the lobby. Now, I, I did forget to mention, like, as you're walking, as you're walking around, like through the cafeteria, there are there are bodies. There are, um, you know, several wizards and and. Ugh, and children and people that just didn't make it just could not find a, a spot. You know, there are char marks on the ceilings and the walls that show that they put up a fight, some kind of magical residual um, scars in the in the building, in the tower walls. So there was a fight and they put up quite a fight. But, you know, it's obvious that a lot of them didn't make it. They killed the younglings. Um. Yeah, so we're like, we're done here, right? Let's keep looking for stuff. Yeah, great to see you guys. Have a nice day. Oh, we're coming with you. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Great to see you guys. Let's let's go search the rest of the tower. All right. You guys, uh, where you go next? Lobby? Yeah, I want to go see where uh, Flynn the chair wizard's at. Yeah. Yeah. Hey everybody, this is Joe, your Dungeon Master. Thank you for listening to episode 41. I actually don't have any new announcements for everybody, so I want to take this time to thank you guys for listening and uh, encourage you, if you haven't already, if you listened to this many episodes already, encourage you to leave an iTunes review um, and rating. We love hearing your review, actually typing out words and telling us you know, what you like about the podcast. I love reading all those. Uh, we're uh, up to like 550 reviews or something like that, and that's just amazing. Thank you guys. If you've already written one, you're awesome. Um, and that helps us raise the ranks in the iTunes uh, store or I guess the podcast app so that, um, you know, new people check us out. So if you haven't already, please do that. It only takes a couple minutes of your time. You can do it right now. Pause the episode. Go do it. Um, other than that, you can follow us on all social media. We tweet. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. All of that at YMIA Tavern. And join our Discord. We have a huge community of listeners. They talk about D&D. We talk about the show. We get in-depth with fan theories. And all the cast members are members of that Discord, too. So we will chat occasionally with uh, with random people. And there's a secret Patreon channel. All that kind of stuff. So um, if you want to do, you want to check out that, that is in the episode description. And we also have links all over the place on social media. So think about joining that. Speaking of Patreon, I only spoke about it for a split second, but speaking of Patreon, I want to give a special shout out to our $15 or more patrons during this mid-roll. These are people that donate to the show, $15 or more a month. Um, they're a huge, huge support system for us, and we want to thank them. If you want to become a patron, get a chance to get your name read out here or at the end of the episode, go on to patreon.com slash YMIA Tavern. All right, here we go. Eleanor Fitchett, David Ashley Cole, Andre K, Jello Crew, Kurt Nolan, James J.C. Aklantz wants to give a shout-out to Hit Dice Podcast, Nick Sassy, Mark Albright, Tarkin Davis, Sierra Clark, Jason Ford, Jonathan Zeman, Michael Kenitzer, Chris Salberg, Jaeger, GM Binder, Max Bender, Holly Roxana, Chad Putnam, Ice Blue, Strive for Honor, Sarah Blue, Mark Deacon, Nathan and Samantha Ballou, and John Dalstrom. Thank you guys so much for your donations to this show. All right. Enjoy the rest of episode 41. Uh, we got a little bit more action, a little good stuff, and then we're going to be leveling up at the end um, before we move on to the next arc in episode 42. So uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later. Bye.
All right, so you guys, um, you step down to the lobby, and as you enter through the fire exit, the stairwell, and you come in and you see Abby and Tess and Alexa, who is now being embraced by her two parents who somehow got separated but survived, and Dozer and Nero and Hamlet are there, and your whole group. And they are standing with about a dozen um, wizards and students, male, female, different races, all kind of huddled in the middle. And you guys come in with uh, with your group that you kind of found. And Tess looks at you and she says, she kind of walks over to you as as the other group of wizards walks over to the remaining survivors. And they're in a group and you guys are in a group. And Tess says, we found them, we found them down in the quarters. There were many of the rooms that were locked and kind of passed by and we found some survivors that were that were hiding but this is all we could find thank goodness you found some too so like can we can we like are we good here can we search for the mcguffins now like i that's kind of weighing on my mind (laughs) um she pulls out a uh she pulls out the book from her now white cloak and she she lays it on um Flynn's desk and as you kind of walk and crowd around Flynn's desk you look over it and slumped against the wall is the the old elf um, with a blank stare and you can tell that he's dead Flynn bummer and Tess I mean you guys have seen so much death so much so much chaos and and dead bodies that at this point Tess just just kind of swallows hard and keeps going and she says I found the place for the next priest it's it's an old city known as shade in the center of of an ashen the ashen woods in the northern part of of euphoros if the dread king's army hasn't made it there we can still send you safely we can still find a way to to send you safely carl you remember how i've been working on those pods in the observatory right yes i've been working on them diligently and you know I've been able to send them further and further each time, but I think I think I've finally figured out a way to send them wherever we want. It's it's manual. There's no portaling involved, but I th- I think we can we can leave this tower and we can go anywhere in Euphoros. How are we going to get back? Will we be able to return? That that I do not know. I I don't know if there's enough energy to get back. It may be a one-way ticket. But and she looks around at the the group of survivors and she says, "But I, but we need these people. We need. There are still places in Euphoros that that could be saved. There are still places where we can hide or shield the people and keep them away from the Dread King's grasp. I'll I'll need every force that we have still remaining in this tower. I understand. Uh, I will take Tug and Durf, and we will be on our way." And um, as you finish saying that, you hear like grumbles of, of the crowd. There's fear, obviously fear spreading just because of everything that's going on. Um, they, they start shouting and Tess closes the book and places it back in her cloak and stands atop the, uh, the desk and turns to this, this group. And she, she calls out, she is now the new boss, but she is just as frightened as they are. And she says, I know, I know you are frightened and confused. And she begins to pace back and forth uh, on the desk, the staff kind of shaking in her hands. And she says, what words, what words can I say that will bring you peace? But perhaps peace is not what we need right now. Perhaps what we need is fight. The truth. And she turns and faces them as you guys kind of step away from the from the desk. Tug and she says, jumps up on the desk. Okay. Winks and guns at Durf. Somebody once <laughs> told me the, the world, world was gonna, gonna roll me. me. 
Ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. Let's go. I was looking kind of dumb with it. I'm going to stop this short because I don't think we can have longer than 15 seconds of an actual song or get copyright infringement. Uh, Did we do it earlier? No one responds to this. (laughs) Complete silence. Again. And tears. Cries from the crowd because of this serious moment. Um, wait. Hang on. How many spell slots do I have? Jesus Christ. Durf summons eight puppies. <laughs> to comfort. Where? Right amidst everyone. Okay, fine. There's puppies now. Puppies, some of the children, <laughs> the younger students um, of the group kind of brighten them, their spirits a little bit and and... Durf, Durf looks at who's who's still being a grumple puss and orders the puppies to go lick them on the face. They do that. They do that. They do that. But one especially grumple puss <laughs> shouts out to, will you let her finish, please? This is serious. We're helping. You're right. Take it from the top. And you guys just just awkwardly crawl off the desk. Uh, t- uh, t- uh, uh, clambers down, of course. Okay. Tess, le- Tess lets out a chuckle. <laughs> she actually made her laugh a little bit there. But then she turns back to the crowd and she says, The Archmage has fallen. The Dread King is real and he is alive. And you hear murmurs and gasps from the small crowd who did not know this previously especially the Dread King part. And, but Tess continues to speak over them, raising her staff up, and she says, What was once just a story has become realized. One of our own, Felix, has summoned the demon from the depths of the Black Plains. Our world is under attack, and whatever magic he possesses allowed him to break through the Archmage's seal and reach this tower. For now, we are safe here, but there will be more of them unless, until we can stop this. There is a way. And now she looks to the three of you. And the crowd naturally follows her eyes and looks at you. These three people that came so long ago, kind of out of the blue. And she says, these three did not arrive here by any coincidence. The Dread King was summoned outside their town of Woodhaven, and they have been working tirelessly to reverse this tragedy. They are the only ones that can. They seek seven items of power that were once used to seal the demon and can be used again if we can find them. We've seen it work. And she points over to Dozer. And she says, there are two that still remain, but there is still much to be done. The power of the Dread King comes from how far he can spread his roots. How many of us he can touch with his power, with his dread. The things that attacked us were people once, from cities that have already fallen. His roots have stretched from Kingston Landing all the way to Arrow's Edge now, but there are places still out there in Euphoros that can be saved. We need fighters. And at this point, the crowd has fallen silent again. We need beacons of hope for the places still untouched. Hide them, shield them, help them defend themselves because the more people we can save, the less power the Dread King will have. The portals are broken, but the observatory pods have been manipulated to take you anywhere in Euphoros. And you look out to the fearful crowd, now silent. Some of them are holding hands, shoulders. Some of the kids are still looking for the puppies. And she steps down from the desk and walks up to the group. And she rests her hand on one of their shoulders and she says, It will be dangerous. It will be scary. But this, this is what we're made of. This is why we learn what we do in this tower. There will be time to grieve, to wonder why, to blame, to fear. But this is not that time. This is a time for action. Because if we don't take it now, what time will we have left? Take what time you need. 
will take care of those that have passed here. Send them off the right way, but then we leave. We must leave within the hour. And the group starts to disperse, and some head upstairs, some walk around the perimeter of the room, gathering bodies, bringing them to the center as Tess stands there um, and looks looks towards you and your group. Um, we should take a long rest before we go to the ash forest or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll say that um, this can count as a long rest. You guys kind of taking this silent moment, moving around the tower, collecting those that have died, um, you know, just taking care of of the right thing to do, you know, this, this next hour or so, we'll just say that's your long rest. Get a total refresher. Cool. So, um, how do you, uh, how do you all work through this? How do you do the, what is the, what is the moment here that happens? I mean, you see, you see the group after a little while, uh, you see groups of people carrying some of these dead wizards down to the lobby, um, there's just dozens and dozens of them now that have kind of piled up. Um, what do you do? Well, I was thinking about going to the, the library and using something like, let me see what plant growth does to, uh, yes, channels vitality into plants in a specific area. I wanted to, uh, like basically revitalize the tree and have them, uh, you know, druidly, like a druid funeral, have the tree sort of, uh, the vines kind of wrap around people and turn it into like a giant fucking, I don't know. I think that's fucking Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So the moment, um, so you, you talk over with Tess and Tess directs the people that bring in, you know, the remaining, the remains of all these people that died and they, you carry them up. Um, you know, you sling some over your mounts backs, Abby carries a few on their own, but you know, the rest of you have to carry one or two at a time. And after about 30, 45 minutes, after a little while, you bring them up to the hall of knowledge. And, um, what does the spell look like? So I'm going to use, since we're doing kind of a long time thing here, I'm going to, if I cast a spell over eight hours, it has an additional effect. So I will say we have kind of a funeral for everybody. Durf is sort of in the middle, standing in front of the tree, facing outwards with like green light radiating out from him as the roots of the tree sort of slowly creep around the room and entomb all of the um, all of the bodies. And the effect of that is normally that all plants in a half mile radius become enriched for a year. So I don't know, mm-hmm. and that's like. They yield twice the normal amount of food when harvested. I, I assume this isn't like a fruit tree, yeah. but like, I don't know, something, the tree becomes more vital as a result of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the magical essence that resides in these people, these wizards, is still there. So the effect, you know, quadruples, quintuples, it, it's it's magnified to the utmost power. And as this tree is kind of consuming these these those those that have passed um you can see it's the leaves that formed the ceiling of the hall of knowledge uh transform into a deep deep green and then all of a sudden pops of color pink orange blue red white vibrant colors these leaves that were a bright green look now like uh like stars so if you look at the ceiling you look like in this this dark green sky there are now specks of light and color um each from each of these bodies that is created from this tree and the tree looks more alive now than ever and um that's where we'll kind of put a bow on the uh story part of this episode but before the next arc begins i want you to level up to 10 so we're gonna raise i take responsibility yeah. the tree did it no, hundred percent. This this <laughs> this gave everyone confidence. I mean, you see that you know these these people that have passed, the people that fought for their lives, um, have just rejuvenated you in your will to to get the job done. And we're going to raise up two levels. 
So we're going up to 10 from 8 to 10. So the first thing you guys need to do is roll for your HP. We could do this in any order. Why don't we start? Uh, Tug, I think you kind of know what's what you're going to do, right? Uh, to a degree. To a degree. For your, all right. Does anybody feel like they're I'm absolutely ready? ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Brian's ready. All right. Well, let's start with... Don't want you to do Carl. Why don't you start? All right. Uh, so I am going to stay a level 7 paladin and increase my sorcerer level up to 3 because meta magic looks super cool, <laughs> especially like... Uh, Twinned spell on like a cure wounds or something seems like it could be very helpful. So okay. I'm just going to put those two levels in sorcerer. I don't get uh, an ability score improvement or anything like that. So I just have to. Because no. you're staying at seven. Right. And so roll the or two uh, hit dice plus your con mod yep. twice. Oh, snap. Two nines. No, they're two actually, it's two sixes right. actually because I'm gaining sorcerer oh, okay. levels. That's not bad. Right. Uh, and then my con-, con is two, so I actually gain 16 HP. Yeah, perfect. So what does that bring you to? Uh, 84. 84 hit points. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. Sweet. Is that it? Yep, that's it. All right. Uh, Durf, you up? Durf rolls a seven and a five plus one, so eight plus six. So you get plus one because your, your con mod's plus one? Yeah. So you get it twice. Oh, you did that? Oh, well, no, 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 because I rolled two. I only rolled one dice. So I, each die I roll gets plus one. Yeah, right. So eight plus six, so 14. So I have 63 HP now. Perfect. And then what do you get as a druid going um, up? So I get fifth level spell slots, which I need to marinate on because I went through and read a, a bunch of them and they are incredibly powerful. Um, <laughs> like all of them are incredibly powerful. So pretty stoked about that. And my, my new thing for my circle of shepherds is that when a, um, being that I have summoned, um, a beast or I get fake creatures recently, or now at level 10, I can summon elementals. Um, if they finish a turn in the aura of one of my totems, they are automatically healed at the end of each of their turns for half my druid level. So every Sweet. one of my summons will basically passively heal for five hit points a turn, in addition to already having extra hit points. So they just get just gets get tankier and tankier. Jeez. All right. Sweet. Tug. Um, let's do some HP, yeah? One. You can re-roll that. And an eight. And you're you can just, you're, you're just going to let me free roll the one. Yeah, I usually, I think I've let you Two. do that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my HP will go up to 45. Do you have no con mod? Uh, zero con mod Okay, there. sweet. I think it's 45 very HP. impressive that I have quite low HP and yours is much lower Significantly than mine. Significantly lower than <laughs> um, So did we go through all our stuff? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, right yeah what okay, else do you so, get for those two levels? Um, I get uh, a boost to my movement, so distance, and then I get unarmored movement improvement, which means I can now run up vertical surfaces and water, fluids, if you will. Um, and then at 10th level, I get purity of body, which means I can't be poisoned or diseased anymore. Sick. Um, I also get uh, plus four or uh, a plus one to my proficiency bonus. Um, and then I'm up to 10 key points. Okay. Well, all right. So um, so that's it. You guys, uh, we're done. That was the uh, level up portion of this episode. And we will start the next arc next time. Peace out. Later. but certainly not least my long list of five dollar five to fifteen dollar patrons those of you that donate to the show thank you so much for your support if you want to become a patron get your name right here go on to patreon.com slash ymia tavern here we go 
Metal Minister, John C. Davies, Michael Schuler, Ray Lang, Riddle Master Cuso, Chase Martin, Ursula Bertea, Targot, William Cornish, Adair Bristow, Cody Irwin, Henry Strong, Lady Magesire, James Kendall, Shepard Tiberius, Joshua McKee, Anderson Martins, Jimmy the Penguin, Austin Pence, Derek Norman, Tim Searle, Liquor Locker, Team Eugene, Jacqueline Green, Snormantha, Kensworth Slater, Zabrija Emma Spring, Joshua Ald, Oya Bun, Ryan Corbin, Torben Schwarz, James Crouch, J.J. Haller, Chris Harrison, Tucker Barkley, Pat Manatz, Seth M. Harrison, Kevin DeHart, Thomas Sanchez, Matthew Watson, Kevin Kozlowski, Jesse Jones, David Barron, Damnick Stockerson, Jason Rittman, Joshua Motzinger, Nicole Chapin, Ian Coughlin, William Martin, Dungeon Masters Thrift Shop, Dungeons and Newbies, Jack, Nick Vukulic, Vitaly Vasiuk, Joe Quiggle, and Adam Hoffling. Thank you all so much. Bye-bye.